Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 36, where we're going to talk about how we market ourselves and hopefully give you some good tips, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> What's up, Martina? Well, if we give bad tips, feel free to write in and give us some good ones yes. so we can better ourselves too. Totally agree. So Steven is actually out this week. So what are you watching? I am on my Marvel movie marathon. I think I'm only two in of the 21 that I have to finish by the time Endgame comes out. You have a ways to go. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, but And I'm watching them in the chronological order according to Marvel. So I've mm. watched Captain America and Iron Man. And because they're so old, like it's like watching them for the first time again. Since they sometimes came out like trying, 10 plus years. Sometimes trying to watch it in their chronological order is confusing. I so far, I feel like it makes a little bit more sense. Oh, I, I meant more of the trying to figure out what the actual order is. Oh, well, there's this thing called the internet, and True. I googled it, and it That's pulled it up for me. <laughs> Valid point. Valid point. <laughs> what are you watching? Last night we watched Fantastic Beast: The Crimes of Grindelwald. I still haven't finished the first one, so I can't watch the second one. For shame. You need to go watch it. I have it recorded on my DVR, so one of these days. I am a huge Harry Potter fan, but I felt like it it wasn't the same watching Fantastic Beasts. Well, technically, it's not Harry Potter. Well, I know, but that whole fantasy genre type thing. Like, it's... I will agree. It is... My wife and I talked about this last night. It's kind of like... Harry Potter had a little bit more action and stuff going on. And Fantastic Beasts seems more like they're trying to develop the characters further. And it's got got less action, maybe. The previews for the second one looked like it had more action than the first one. You're eating into the little bit of time we have here with your sneezes, buddy. Dude, uh, spring (laughs) hates me. No matter where I live... yeah, it that's impressive because it's the desert, so there's nothing moving. Do you want to kick off the, the topic? Sneeze. You should have just left the sneeze. I should have. Um, so we had a listener, uh, I think it's Brent Jarvis, Clean Cut Woodworking, message us the other day, or message us on the Facebook page talking about advertising and how to grow your brand. So I think that kind of sparked something between you and I um, about a good episode topic. So... What I had put out to him is kind of how I started getting my name out there. So now I get to share it with everyone else. 
Um, when I first started, I had a friend that was the manager of a local real estate office. So I was lucky enough to get in touch with her and do a presentation at her office of kind of small items we we're able to offer her realtors to give to her, their clients as um, they closed up on houses as a thank you gift for working together. And then while I did that presentation, I also handed out a portfolio of all the bigger items that we were able to make and obviously the more profitable items that we could benefit from. So that way I was able to get my name out there to several real estate agents in the area. So when they're showing their clients houses, apparently clients tell them, oh, I can't buy this house because my dining table won't fit. So that's discouraging for them to hear because now they're not going to sell clothes on a house and make money. But then now they'd have the opportunity to recommend us because we build custom furniture for the space. So they can close on a house, we can get a build and the client gets a new table and a new house and everyone's happy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely helped out a ton. Um, I think it made me make a lot more small items for a longer period of time than I would have liked, but it it's also easy. So it's not that bad. And it kind of, we keep the dollar amount of those items smaller, kind of like as an entry level item for people to start wanting to go with something custom. That works pretty well. I, I guess marketing furniture is a lot different than, you know, what I would do. <laughs> right. I feel like you kind of do like almost like a cold call type concept with direct messages to well before when you're trying to get your name out there. Honestly, that is how I started. It's not very easy to get started marketing yourself. And if you're if you're making signs um, that are custom, it might be a little bit easier because it's a customized item. Now, if you're doing something like a an engraved mug, it's a little bit harder to do that because there's just so many people making engraved mugs there's so many services online that'll do it for you but with the signs basically what i did at the start was i would message people like in my area and offer them a discount so that i could get a sign made to basically build up a portfolio and kept doing that and as i got into it more as i got further I started being more careful about who I wanted to pick. So at the start, it would be pretty much anybody that was in my area that I was friends with. And then it turned into kind of more calculated as to who I thought would give me the best marketing exposure. And then I tried messaging them. And it didn't always work. It I probably got a 10% response rate. So it's, it's right. not like the, you know, you're not going to get an answer from everybody. So don't expect an answer from everybody. I think that's the, I think that's what people get frustrated with is that they feel like as soon as they put their name out there and what they're capable of doing, they're going to expect an instant response of, oh, this is something that I'm into and I want to get something started with you. What does that whole thing look like? Like I know makers that are um, trying to market on Facebook marketplace and running sponsored ads and everything. And that's, they're finding out that's not the kind of clientele that they 
want to work with in the end, but I think that's definitely a good way to get started and get your name out there. Yeah, I mean, there's, depending on what you want to do, there are different market segments or market places that you can look into. So there's, you know, Facebook Marketplace, which the problem there, if you build custom furniture, are the people that build a whole table with benches and whatnot for a hundred bucks. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like when you're for like as a first step of marketing, yeah. not when you've kind of established yourself as a brand and a maker. Yeah. And then there's always, you know, offer up, which is in my opinion, just as bad as Facebook marketplace from a, people are going to offer up in Facebook marketplace and Craigslist for deals. They're not going there for, well, let's be honest to pay custom prices. Um, it, it just doesn't happen really. That's kind of where I went into the whole doing it for makers and DMing them on Instagram was because that to me was the best way to get somebody that for one would appreciate quality, which is, you don't always find that Two, They, they know how much work goes into it and are more willing to pay the price that custom deserves. Yeah. It just depends on who you want your clientele to be. If you want to sell cornhole boards, you know, by the thousands, Mark Facebook's probably a great place. If you want to sell a bunch of cutting boards, Facebook or whatever might be okay. But if you want to build high-end custom furniture or, you know, high-end custom signs in my case, you're not going to do that for the most part through things I, like that. I think first steps are figure out where you see yourself going like what you want to make your brand be and market accordingly so if you're trying to bulk out smalls then kind of get a couple items together that way you can start advertising those items if you're trying to build custom furniture build for your house so that way you have a portfolio to put together so you can show people what you're capable of because a lot of people that are going to order from you don't really want to see well nothing but they don't want to hear that you can make anything you just haven't done it yet they want to see items that you have completed and what they're getting into business with because they want to know that you're going to make whatever they want pretty and functional like function for them and they don't want to buy a piece of junk you know what i mean so definitely be able to push what you've already done and what you're capable of doing and say this may be not exactly what you want but if i did it again i would do it like this which is kind of what you're talking about this type stuff um even that blast credenza buffet that i've made now i've had so many people because i've built an item like that reach out to me and say this is exactly something i've been looking for like let's start talking and seeing if you can make one for me too and it's really funny because then when i get to talking with them and they send me like their concept photos i'm like that doesn't look anything like i just built but okay so i think figuring that out and then just doing little stuff like getting your instagram together 
getting your Facebook together, those are free portfolios for you. You can, I know you're not on Facebook with your personally or with your business, but it's a free platform option for you until you're ready to obtain the monthly expense or the yearly expense of having a website for your portfolio. Um, Personally, I think having a website is more reputable as a brand and that way it can help also drive your business and kind of organize the chaos that you're receiving. I get a lot of DMs on Instagram of people that want to know about prices, but they're not actually that serious about moving forward. I know you get a lot of DMs on there asking about pricing and it's just basically a competitor trying to pick your brain and then still your business. But I feel like if you can send them over to your website and have them take that extra five minutes of, hey, go ahead and message me on my my website, go take a look at the custom items that I've made before and see if that's something you're interested in. That's going to filter out the people that aren't very serious and that way you can get everything like funneled through properly and with serious clientele. Yeah. And I have had people message me just to find out my pricing and then it turns out that they were trying to gauge their own pricing based on mine, which happens if you're a maker that's listening to this that does that don't do that yeah stop that you can ask your peers like how much would you pay for this or how much do you think i should charge for this don't be shady and ask another maker that does exactly what you do all these roundabout questions in order for them to do their pricing guide for you i like i think that's a dirty move and i know a lot of people are facing that kind of stuff as well this is a community we're here to support one another not to basically steal from one another correct and i i don't think it's always people from the maker community in my case because most of the time it's like laser shops or cnc shops that i have never seen comment or talk in the maker community and they're just coming out of nowhere and then following me and then I notice that they do exactly what I do. And I've I've started doing that before I respond to whatever they ask. Honestly, most of the time, my response is they start at X price and they go up depending on different factors. So I've, I've made it more generalized so that they cannot do that. Mm-hmm. But then I'll say, you know, if you want a custom quote, you can go to my website and do that. And then they'll be like, oh, well, I make science too. I was just trying to find out. And I was like, yeah, of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) I try to stalk the profile of whoever messages me before I start answering questions. That way I know that it's not like a bot account or if it's like a serious client. Or sometimes they're inquiring about me building for them. I'm like, you don't even live in the same state as me. This isn't going to work out because I don't ship. So, and I'm definitely not going to ship a dining table. Um, but I think you don't want to freight it. <laughs> Can you imagine how, look how many signs you send out get damaged. Can you imagine sending out like a 10 foot dining table? No. <laughs> uh, but I think settle on, this kind of goes into what I think we're going to end up talking about on our web call soon. Um, settle on a cl- good clean logo so that it identifies who you are as a brand. I had that issue with my previous logo, especially being called naughty by nature um we were finding out that a lot of people weren't reaching out to us for design aspects because they thought we were strictly woodworking they said they followed our uh wood shop instagram page 
So I was like, oh man, like this is, we got to figure this out because who knows how much business we've lost this past year because it seems so specific to one type of client looking for one type of thing. So that's why this year we changed the logo. It's super plain, modern, has design in the name. So that way it kind of is all encompassing to, we can make you something, we can help you put together a space, anything like that. Um, and then as I and finishing putting our website together, it looks super clean on there and a lot more legible and it doesn't have 15 different tools on it that no one can understand. Uh, and then you, when you put together your marketing materials, your business cards, your thank you cards, your letterheads, if you're sending out like anything like that, it's super clean, helps you look professional. And that's, I think a thing some, a lot of newer makers forget that they should have business cards on them at all times. You, if you're at, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever, and you run into people that are trying to figure out how to build something for themselves, hey, I have this business card, I actually do this as a side hustle, full-time hustle, whatever, you can potentially get a client right there. I had never thought about doing that at Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually handed mine out to people that work there because they see me in there all the time. So they've asked, like, what do you do for a living? And I've told them, they're like, oh, I need this project done for my house. Here's my business card. Like, give me a call. And then well, a lot of them say they don't trust anyone that they work with to do it for them. So because we know how the employees at Lowe's and Home Depot are. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they ram their panel saw into the wood when they start cutting it, Chances are you don't want that person building your stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so or they break their panels all the time. Yeah, I've they've come close while I've been watching. So why don't we give, I guess, some of our tips, which you've kind of already done some of that. So the clean logo, I would agree with that one full-heartedly. Because my logo, my first logo for Maker Experiment was... It was representative of what I do, and I haven't changed it a lot, but if you shrunk it down really small, you couldn't tell what it was. Right. And it was very difficult to see, and it didn't have any color, so it was kind of just, it wasn't eye-catching in any way. And then, now I changed it so it has a little bit of color pop, it's simpler, you can shrink it so on Instagram it's legible. You, everything is visible. You can see what it is. The other thing is the website, which I took forever to get up. <laughs> I w I do but think that you you also didn't use like a Squarespace or a GoDaddy. You built a website, no. so that's different. Don't discourage everybody by saying it took forever. So <laughs> correct. Yeah. So I guess in in hindsight, I built the podcast website in two to three weeks. My website took quite a bit longer, but it's because it's through WordPress and it's hosted on Bluehost. So it it um, had more back-end work to it. But the reason I chose it is because of the flexibility you have with it. Squarespace is great because it, you know, it lets you build a website fast but you, you're, it's building blocks, mm -hmm. so you're kind of contained within whatever the theme allows. And WordPress, it doesn't matter what your theme allows, you can kind of do whatever you want. And that's part of the reason I did it. We'll see 
who knows, maybe in the future I might end up switching to Squarespace because it's easier. To me, the website is very important because it's your standstill portfolio. Like, you know, Instagram can be used as your portfolio to a point, but you're also sharing in-process pictures on there. And most people that want to be your client or are thinking about being your client don't want to see you sanding something or painting something or whatever. They want to see the finished product and know what they'd be getting for their money. So having the standalone portfolio somewhere is good for that. Now, there are free website services out there. I think Wix might have one. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. But usually it comes with the caveat of yourdomain.wix.com. Right, right. So I don't know that it's bad. It's it's certainly not as professional as saying, you know, naughtybynaturedesigns.com or kbndesigns.com versus kbndesigns.wix.com. Right. But if that's, if you're trying to, at least that's an option. So don't get discouraged if it doesn't sound as professional because you can always go back and change that later. But correct, at least you have that clean plat, clean portfolio ability. And that's the difference is, would you rather have something... And have it have that extra word in the domain? Or would you rather have nothing and people keep asking you for a portfolio and you have nothing to show? Right. It's really funny, too, because um, my I did a project over the summer for my neighbor across the street. And we had chatted a few times and everything. And he ended up going and still looking into my website, even though he knew I was going to do the project for him to kind of figure out like what I was about as a brand. I was like, dude, we're talking almost every day. This is funny that you're researching me. And it was just like a little CNC project for something that he was going to put together. He just needed me to do the cutouts. Um, But I think that people like, you know, excuse me, having the about page on your website and kind of knowing who you are and what you're about and why you're doing what you do makes someone want to like, makes you more appealing to your potential client if they can get on a like more personal ba- personal level with you. Yeah, I would agree with that. And there's a few other things. Like you could, well, you, you can definitely print out business cards or some kind of contact info on it. Business it doesn't cards have are, to have a website. Yeah, business cards are dirt cheap on Vistaprint. You don't need anything fancy. You just need your name, your yeah. contact information, and Mine where... Mine Vistaprint. What's that? Mine were from Vistaprint. Yeah, you can get like 500 business cards for 10 bucks, And then that's not a huge expense. So if you do end up changing any of your information later and you have to buy a whole new set, it's not that big of a deal. Because if you decide you don't want to use your personal cell phone number, you want a business line. Um, if you do change from like a Wix website to uh, your own domain website, that's something easy to change out. And there's also, you know, the business cards, the stickers. Mm-hmm. So when I try to package up a order, I'll usually throw in a business card and a sticker. Now, they've already been a client, so it's more like just trying to reemphasize what you do at that point. Right. But if you're doing new stuff, it's or trying to get a new client. Doing like sticker swaps at times could be good if the maker doesn't do the same thing you do. 
you can go to um, like local businesses and try to talk to them about making something for them. Like, and you don't be afraid to be like, you know, I'm a maker that makes furniture in your case. I think your, you know, restaurant or coffee shop or whatever could look really cool if you had this. Or, you know, if you ever need furniture, I build custom furniture specific to your spaces. And you could always say, you know, if if you'd be willing to, or if you want to do a custom order, I'd be willing to give you a discount or something. Like, that's okay. It's okay to give discounts. Yes, especially when you're starting up. You're going to end up doing a lot more work than what you want to be paid. And that's just yes. kind of the nature of the beast. That's going to be in any industry, not just this one. I've given away a lot of signs. So if, if you don't want to give away work for free, at least try to do something in trade. Yes, which so, I've done that too. Mm -hmm. But it built up. Like I started with giving them out for free. And then it, you know, it evolved into going from free to bartering to, you know, covering costs plus shipping or whatever. And then I, I started getting more traction and more people saw what I did. And then I could start charging more for what I was doing. So it was a process. It wasn't like a day one, I'm at zero day two. I'm at, you know, making profit. It didn't work that way. Right. I think there's a lot of places that you can think about too, as we're talking about where, who you want to be building for and what kind of brand you want to be. Try and get your name out there in those areas now. Uh, like if you want more high end clientele, go to higher end businesses in your area. The places that may not be your personal style, but has the clientele that has the ability to pay cash for all these expensive products um we have like in our area the gym i go to is a more high-end not chain gym and my car is the most low-end car even though i drive just a, <laughs> a work truck but i mean i'm parked next to tesla's jaguar's Mercedes, everything like that. And there's a spot in there. It's just a locally owned little spot where people can place their business cards. So I could place my business cards there and then hope that one of those client or one of the gym members that's driving that Jaguar sees my business card and picks it up and goes and looks at my website and wants to start something up. I try to go to a lot of um, local events in town too. And tell them what I do that way they remember it in the long run because they say they say they can't find custom pieces for their house and that's something that I can do uh, also finding those local real estate agent or any a lot of real estate offices are branches and a lot of them are may have a blanket company like you know guarantee real estate or like a century 21 those are national ones but they're ran locally by someone go talk to the office manager and ask if you can put your business cards in there so you can market for free they that's my business cards are in a couple of real estate offices here in my town i live in and in neighboring towns 
that are commutable for me if I'm doing deliveries and everything. Now, you can have a walk-in client from them. You can have their employees now interested in working with you. You can have someone that's delivering the the, the five-gallon waters see your business card and take that home and want to work with you. And that costs you nothing but the price of a business card and a little bit of time for you taking your business card over to them. That's I mean, that's cheaper than placing a sponsored ad on Instagram or Facebook, and that's going to run you more, potentially more business than those two avenues. Another thing you can do is those like four by six like postcard size mm-hmm. cards, you can take portfolio pictures and kind of collage them onto one of those and sometimes give those to businesses and that it'll act like a business card, but it shows pictures of what you've done. Right. Which is harder to do on a business card. Another thing you can do, depending on what you make, and this may not be possible with furniture, but some businesses you can consign where you can, so some coffee shops will let you put something in the coffee shop with your name on it and who they could contact if they'd like to buy it. And basically, it's on display at the coffee shop so people can see it. That's also a possibility if you do, like, wall artwork or right. whatever it might Even be. Even, like, small items like cutting boards, and you can have those displayed yeah. anywhere. They could be using them in their business as well. You just That's why you have to kind of figure out what what you want your brand to be, what you want your price points to be, and who you want to get into business with. And that's where you can reach out to the local restaurants if you do cutting boards or serving trays or whatever and say, hey, I make custom wood cutting boards or charcuterie boards or whatever. And you can say, I'm looking to grow my business. I think you'd be a perfect fit. Is there any way we might be able to work together and I can make some charcuterie boards for your business? And the good part about that is if they really like them, they'll tell their friends in the neighboring businesses. The downside is you might have to give them a discount. That's, you know, you might be doing them at cost at first. Right. But is it better to do something at cost with the potential that you'll get business or build them, hope you're going to make a lot of money off each one and then never sell one on Etsy? I mean, <laughs> I think, um, Items like that, a good thing to look into. We have a huge craft brew scene here in the town that I live in. Reach out to local breweries. Uh, They might need boards for flights that you can do. You might be able to make, like for you, you've done it before for breweries. You can make some of their beer logos into signs. Mm -hmm. That's that's definitely something to think about. And they, some of them have outdoor spaces. They may want cornhole boards. Cornhole boards are. Uh, sim- simple to make and profitable to make money off of and then you also have all those people that are out there playing cornhole bo- that see they're customized and then they want them made so you kind of have to start just thinking differently almost everywhere you go and figure out how that that business that restaurant you're at can benefit your business and your income yeah and some of them i mean don't discount the power of an instant message on Instagram or Facebook or whatever either. So like we talked about earlier, I've, I think you called it cold called or yeah, (laughs) 
however you want to cold message i guess would be cold message yeah (laughs) so you know basically i'll reach out to certain people that i'll say hey and usually i'm either friends with them first if they're a maker like i've talked to them before or if it's a business of some kind i'll message them on instagram first and not all businesses look at their request messages. Most of them just ignore them. So sometimes I'll try to find their website and email them, which I've had success with in the emails. But basically I just say, you know, this is what I do. This is my website. I'd like to be able to do something with you or do a collaboration that could benefit your business. And try to frame it as they will benefit from you. You're providing value to them, not I'm trying to get rich off you or whatever. Like, don't sound greedy. Don't go at it trying to be greedy. You, I mean, you will have to give more than you're going to get back out of the situation in most of those cold calls. But I've had it where, so for example, I did one for Isotunes. And it was a cold direct message. And I said, hey, I I just think your logo is cool because of the coloring. Would you be interested in having a sign made? And they said, that sounds cool, but what are the costs? And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll do the first one for free. Um, I just want some, you know, Instagram post or story or something just helping me get my name out there. They're like, yeah, that's fair. So I did the sign, sent it to them. They actually sent me a pair of headphones for doing it, which I didn't ask for or expect. And then a couple months later, one of the managers messaged me and said, hey, can we get two more of those signs? Let us know how much it'll cost. And they paid me for the next two, and they sent me the latest pair of headphones at the time as well. So you might give something for free, But if they like the quality, they will remember it. And as long as you provide a way, so business cards in the package or whatever, provide a way to get in contact with you, they will come back a lot of the times. If you put that business card in your packaging, some of you may think that it's pointless. They probably forgot who they talked to on Instagram or email or whatever. Now they can put that business card in with their companies they've worked with, like their Rolodex or whatever. Some people probably don't even know what that is. But they (laughs) they can keep it together. That way they remember, oh, yeah, that guy, he's the one that made our sign. Now we have his contact info if we ever feel like we need something custom made again. So that's it's definitely... A solid investment right off the bat in your brand and your in your person and your business of getting business cards. You're going to use them all over the place. Uh, like antique shops that have mm-hmm. little spaces for you to be able to sell stuff. Maybe you don't have small items to put in there, but maybe they can put your business cards in there. So someone may not find that item that they're looking for antiqued, but you know they can have the custom piece made for them. And the other thing is... Like you were saying, some people do throw out business cards. I mean, it's inevitable. But some people have like apps on their phone where they take a picture of it and they catalog it. They well, they'll throw it out after that. But 
they they then have it digitally to remember who you are right so it may see, and i used to think that business cards were the biggest waste of money because people were just going to throw them out but i've since changed my mind about it and ultimately it's you have to be okay with people saying no mm-hmm. it's going to happen Sometimes they won't even, they'll ask for something, they'll ask for a custom quote, you'll do all that work, and then they'll just ghost you, which we'll have to talk about on a different episode, because that's been happening way too often. (laughs) So you're going to get the no responses, you're going to get the, you know, if if you are pricing yourself correctly, you are going to get the people that are like, yeah, I'm going to move forward, you're going to get some people that are like, wow, that's really reasonable. And then you're going to get some people that are like, wow, you're too expensive. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get people that just don't respond at all. Yep. So if you're in that range where you're getting like all those types of responses, your pricing is probably pretty good. Right. If you're getting a 100% yes rate, you are too low. Yes. (laughs) If you are getting a 100% no rate, you're too high. You're too high. So play with your pricing, which if you're doing custom work, it's easier to do. Because you can say, okay, well, I can drop it down a little bit on this one, or I, I'll try to raise it up a little bit on this one. And if you're, if you're super busy, or if it's um, something you've done a hundred of and you know really well, you could probably charge more. If it's something that is brand new to you, you might consider charging less. I mean play with your pricing. Your pricing doesn't have to be set in stone, and it seems like a lot of people feel that it has to be also don't let clients play you so correct if you built for one client that said client recommends you to a friend of theirs and then you go do an estimate for them and they say well so and so paid this why am i Mm -hmm. not paying that you don't have to justify your pricing if you feel like you need to give them a little bit of detail that's fine just you know her work required less work than yours is requiring. Sorry about that. If you would like that specific price point, I have to remove these items from what you want made type this design items or whatever, but you don't owe them an explanation. They They don't know how time consuming all of this is and how much effort you're going to put into it. And I've had people do that. Yes, I know you get it a lot. And I was really worried recently about this consult that I did because I just built for their friend and they said, like, I want exactly what they got. And then I felt like I was going to have that conversation. turns out they didn't actually want the exact same thing. So I didn't have to have that conversation. But I started, like, mentally preparing myself to justify my pricing. And I don't owe that to anybody. Yeah. If I want to do this work for free... I can do this work for free. That's not going to happen because I have to feed my family. But that no, <laughs> no yeah. one, no one is owed that conversation. I totally agree. And uh, I think Clean Cut Woodworking had put something on his post about um, advertising, like a banner at a sports event. I believe maybe I read that somewhere else. Also, remember how your marketing. Think of: Do you have the capability to support? that type of mark like if you're overexposing yourself are you trying to build up your queue for the next six months to a year or are you just hoping to get one or two clients out of it don't over over market yourself to where you're having to turn everyone down because now you're too busy 
Yeah. So you have to think about that too. So don't. It's good to take baby steps. Yeah. If you're thinking. At times. So my phone rings all the time of, do you want to place an ad with the Better Business Bureau? I, I'm sorry, I can't afford to take on more clients or Home Advisor is one of them too. Or we yeah. can make a commercial for you to advertise in 30 second spots on the news in the evening. Please don't do that. I can't handle like more business. That's going to overwhelm me. So think about what marketing techniques you're using to get your name out there and how many responses you're going to get after that. Yeah, I agree. So I think we're actually running low on time because we're going to do a um, video conference call. Oh, we're going to put this out there. How, we didn't record yesterday because Mr. Techie himself <laughs> couldn't figure out how to plug in his microphone. So now you yes, guys yes. get a short episode. You're so. welcome. <laughs> in all fairness, it was plugged in, but it was like one sixty-fourth of an inch <laughs> off, and somehow that ruined everything. So, you know, 1-800-TECH-SUPPORT. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but if you want to be invited to uh, the video conference calls, if you go to our website, makervisionpodcast.com, there's a sign-up box that'll pop up to add to the mailing list, and you'll get the invites uh, every two weeks. Also, so every two weeks, we're going to try to do one. Also on there, we now have pre-sales for two different price points merchandise items. If you guys are interested in purchasing those so we can pay for different fees we have for the podcast or there's a donate option, we're not trying to get you guys to give us a bunch of money, but if you want to give us any money, we'd appreciate that. And no pressure. No pressure. We won't, we won't know if you do or... Correct. Yeah, it's totally fine. So everything is at makervisionpodcast.com. So, all right. So I will see you in the video conference in like a minute. Sounds like a plan, man. All right. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to today's show. As a continued listener, we greatly appreciate your feedback, your input, and just downloading the episode every week. If you're a new listener, thank you for hopping on, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we also hope that you continue to join along with us every week as we'll put out new podcasts covering all sorts of makers' topics. Also, be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com where we'll post valuable resources, tips, tricks, and maker swag, including stickers because, you know, makers love stickers. And we'll do this to help your maker vision become a maker reality. If you have any questions, suggestions, or any general input about this particular episode or previous episodes, you can reach out to our podcast email at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us on our Instagram, and that's makervisionpodcast. Even better, you can reach out to us directly through my personal Instagram, that is Old South Woodcraft, Trevor's personal Instagram, Maker Experiment. And the personal Instagram of our newest co-host, Martina, at Naughty by Nature Designs. She also runs the Maker Vision Podcast Instagram account. So if you have questions, you can reach out to her either way, and she'll be happy to help. Also, if you really enjoyed today's episode, or even if you didn't enjoy, enjoy today's episode, let us know. Give us a review. Hopefully it's a five-star review to show us that, hey, we've been doing good. But if you didn't, tell us what you didn't like about it because we're happy to hear from you either way. And once again, thank you for being a listener, and we hope to see you next week. 